1 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, we read these words. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. God breathed. God exhaled. You cannot separate God and his word. And the only way we can know the truth with regard to God, his character, his salvation, his son, is by him giving us his word. And every word of scripture is God-breathed, said exactly as God would have it said in the original languages. Now, I know we're looking at translations right now. I believe the King James to be the best. Um, And if you were listening when I read that passage of Scripture, there's some things that are utterly amazing that are said. Verse 30, but of him. Are you in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us. Now, notice the strength of that language. This is something God did. This is something only God can do, and God did. Who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification or holiness and redemption that according as it is written, he that glorieth. This is a quotation from Jeremiah chapter 9 verse 23. He that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. I've entitled this message, Glorying in the Lord. Boasting is the word. Boasting in the Lord. Now as we approach this text, pray for me that I'll be enabled to preach what this passage says. Wouldn't that be a blessing if I just preached what this passage says? Not my thoughts, but what God's word says. And pray for me and for you that we will both be able to hear what God says in this passage of Scripture. Glorying, boasting in the Lord. Nobody likes a braggart. I don't. Someone who boasts in their accomplishments, trying to convince you of how great they are, nobody likes a braggart. But there is a good kind of boasting, boasting in the Lord, glorying in the Lord. I'm going to read where this quotation came from in Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 23. Thus saith the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. 
Neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches. But let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me. That I am the Lord which exercise loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. Boasting, glorying in the Lord. The Lord said to his disciples in Luke chapter 10, verse 20, In this rejoice not, that the devils are subject to you. (laughs) If I had that power, I would have a, a hard time containing my joy at having been given this great power. The Lord said, don't rejoice in this. But rejoice rather that your names are written in heaven. Now, there's something to rejoice in. We're going to glory in something. I will, you will. May we glory in the Lord. Now, let's start in verse 26 of 1 Corinthians chapter 1. For you see your calling, brethren. Now, this is speaking of the effectual call of God to the elect. Whom he did predestinate, them he also called. I know this. If God predestinated me, he'll call me. And I will respond to that call. He never calls in vain. If he calls, you'll answer. You see, you're calling, brethren. How that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. Notice that term after the flesh. Let's remember this about the flesh. That's the way you and I were born into this world. All flesh is grass. All flesh is grass. And he's reiterating that in this passage of Scripture. Now, the flesh has its mighty, has its noble, has its wise. The doctors of theology, the philosophers. The flesh has its mighty, the powerful and influential the movers and the shakers in this world, the political leaders, the wealthy, the noble, born in wealth and influence. You know, God just doesn't call many people like this. He just doesn't. I'm thankful it doesn't say he doesn't call any. He does call some of these people, but very few. Very few. You know, if it were up to me to select the people that could make an impact for the gospel, that's the people I would choose. The 
people with influence, the people with education, the people who could influence people and impress people. And couldn't they help the gospel if the president was a real believer or if the, our senators were real believers or the house or, or the wealthy people? Think of what a, a, a impact they could make with the gospel. That's who I'd choose. I'd choose well-known people. Why, that, that guy plays for University of Kentucky. I'm going to listen to him. I've, I've got a reason to. That guy's Cincinnati Ray. You all know the, what a sports idiot I am. I, I, that's what I'd do. Not God. Not God. He doesn't need anything like that. I love when God told Gideon to deliver Israel from the Midianites. Well, Gideon had 32,000 people in that army. And God said, that's too many. So Gideon whittled it down to 10,000. God said, that's way too many. He brought it down to 300 to fight this battle. You see... God plus zero is a majority. God does not need the wise, the mighty, the noble. Verse 27, but God hath chosen. Salvation begins with God's choice. Not your choice. Not my choice. As a matter of fact, the Lord said to his disciples, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And with every believer, your heart resonates. That's the truth. That's the truth. God hath chosen. Literally, God hath elected. I know that he elected a people before time began to be saved. But what's being spoken of here? the type of people they are. And look at this description. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world. What the world calls foolish, to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world, the things that are powerless to confound the things which are mighty and base things of the world, things that are low-born and things which are despised. The flesh would never choose this. Things which are despised hath God chosen. Yea, and things which are, what's that word? Not, nothing. Take an empty box. What's in there? Put your hand in there. What's in there? Nothing. How do you even, do, how do you even define nothing? You can't touch it. You can't, nothing. I love that scripture. In Galatians chapter 6 verse 3. If a man thinketh himself to be something. When he is nothing. He deceiveth himself. God hath chosen the nothings, 
the zeros. You know, when God created the world, what did he have to work with? Nothing. He created the world ex nihilo. He brought something from nothing. And if he saves me or you, he's going to be doing the same thing. He's going to be bringing something from nothing. You and I have nothing to bring to the table that God could accept. To bring to nothing the things that are, verse 29, that no flesh... That's talking about everything we are by nature. It's not just talking about our skin or our human existence. It's talking about the way we came into this world. David said, in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity. Every man, woman was born into this world Evil. Not neutral. Evil. Bad. You didn't have to be taught to sin. You didn't have to be taught to lie. That's, that's, that is so amazing. It comes natural to lie. Did you do that? No. It's as natural as breathing to the natural man. That no flesh, sinful, fallen flesh is to glory in his presence. Oh, his presence, the presence of his holiness, the excellency of his glory, the one who covers himself with light as with a garment, the one who's of two pure eyes to behold iniquity. Glory in his presence? Flesh? No. No flesh is to glory in his presence. Presence. I think of that scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. Who made you to differ from another? And what do you have that you didn't receive? Now, if you received it, if it's just something God gave to you, why do you glory as if you didn't receive it? He's not going to have any flesh glory in his presence. But, verse 30, but, I love that, but God, who is rich in mercy, you were dead in trespasses and sins. You walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lusts of the flesh and of the mind, fulfilling the desires of the flesh, and were by nature the children of wrath, just like everybody else but God. There's the difference. But of Him are you in Christ Jesus. Now, who's the you? Everybody in Christ. That's simple enough, isn't it? Is everybody in Christ? No. But those who are in Christ, God put them in Christ. What can I do 
to get in Christ? Listen, nothing. Nothing. The only way you or I can be of Christ, in Christ is if God puts us in Christ. Of him are you in Christ Jesus. Who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Now, before we think about how he's made unto us wisdom and righteousness, sanctification and redemption, this gives us a fourfold description of what our problem is. I'm ignorant. I have no saving wisdom in and of myself. I can't figure this out. I'm ignorant of God. I'm ignorant of his character. I'm ignorant of my character. I'm ignorant of everything spiritual. Ignorant. Ignorant. No knowledge of the living God. Foolish. Ignorant. And then righteousness. Not only has he made wisdom because we're ignorant and we need that. Righteousness. I don't have, I do not have any personal righteousness. None. None. We all stand guilty before God. Guilty before the judge of the earth. He said, I'll by no means clear the guilty. When Adam sinned, we did, and we brought this guilt upon ourselves. Romans chapter 5, verse 12 says, For by one man sin entered the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, in that all have sinned. Somebody said, I wasn't even born then. You were in Adam. When he did it, you did it. But I wasn't born. Okay, let's forget Adam for a second. You would have done it. You might not have been born then, but you would have done it. This is what God holds every natural man guilty of, the murder of his son. Your problem and my problem goes a whole lot farther than really we can imagine. I remember somebody came up to me and they, they said, I'm, sometimes when people know you're a preacher, they'll say things to you. you know, this, but this person came up to me and said, I... I'm not feeling too good about myself. I said, let me assure you, it's worse than you think. And it is. It is. Um, we have no righteousness. We're guilty before God. He's made into us sanctification or holiness. We're unholy and polluted by our sin. Listen to Genesis chapter 6, verse 5. God saw. The wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. You mean when God looks into my heart, all he sees is evil nonstop? Yes. That's exactly what God means. This is God's word. The heart is deceitful above all things, desperately wicked. Who can know it? The fact that he's made unto us redemption, 
Reminds me that I have nothing to pay. I have no way to get myself out of this state. I'm ignorant, guilty, unholy, and bankrupt. Is that you? But. But. Of him are you in Christ Jesus. Now what does it mean to be in Christ Jesus? The scripture gives so many illustrations of it. Um, Being in the ark, being in the house with the blood over the door, being in the cities of refuge. There's so many Old Testament types. Uh, um, Levi being in the loins of uh, Abraham, when Abraham paid the tithes, it says Levi paid the tithes. Levi wasn't born yet, but he was in the loins of his father. So whatever his father did, he did. But I think the scripture that I love, love thinking about is in Matthew chapter 3, verse 15. When the Lord looked at John, he came to John to be baptized. And you can imagine how you would feel if the Lord Jesus Christ said, I want you to baptize me. You'd feel unqualified, wouldn't you? Well... John did too. He said, I have need to be baptized of thee. Comest thou to me? He said, suffer to be so now. And I love the way the Lord said that. He, he was saying to, Peter, or, um, to John, I know this seems completely inappropriate because John knew who he was. He said, suffer to be so now. For thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness In Christ, when he fulfilled righteousness, I did too. That's what baptism signifies. When he lived, I lived. When he died, I died. When he was raised, I was raised. In the Lord Jesus Christ. That's where I want to be. I love what Paul said. Oh, that I may win Christ and be found in him. Now, I've got to admit, upon his return, I'd love to be preaching, reading the Bible, praying, witnessing, giving. Paul said, not me. Only one place I want to be found, and there's only one place I want to be found, In the Lord Jesus Christ so that all God sees when he sees me is his son. Not my works. His son. Of him are you in Christ Jesus. Now the question of questions is how can a man be in Christ? Of him are you. Christ Jesus. Of God the Father are you in Christ Jesus. God put you there. And this was done before time began. You know, if you're in him now, you've always been in him. Ephesians 1, 4 says, According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. In him. If you're in Christ, if I'm in Christ, we've been eternally united to him. There's nothing we do 
to put ourselves in Christ. That is the work of the Father of Him. Are you in Christ Jesus? And let me tell you this. Anybody who wants to be in Christ is in Christ. You hear that? Do you want to be in Christ so that all God sees when he sees you is Jesus Christ, his son? Is that the desire of your heart? You're in him. Now, the language of this uh, passage of scripture is so amazingly powerful. Paul gives us four benefits of being in Christ, who of God is made unto us. God did this. God can do this. How can he do that? I don't know, but he did it. And I'm satisfied with that. He's made him this, these four things to us. God can do this. I can't do it. I can't say, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make uh, Christ my wisdom and righteousness and sanctification. Oh, will you now? That's kind of like I remember hearing a, a preacher that was caught in a scandal. And he said, I put that sin under the blood. Oh, so you can do that. <laughs> You can decide to put the sin. It doesn't work that way. Now, this is exclusive, exclusively the saving act of God. But notice the language. But of him are you in Christ Jesus who of God. Of him are you in Christ Jesus. He put you there. Who of God. This is something he can do. He's God. With God, nothing shall be impossible. God does things like this. This is who he is. Who of God is made unto us. God did this. In our ignorance, he's made unto us wisdom. In our guiltiness, he's made unto us righteousness. In our pollution, he's made unto us sanctification. And in our lack of ability to pay and nothing to bring, he's made unto us redemption. That's what God has made Christ to the believer. He's made unto me wisdom. Now, how can a holy, incomprehensible, glorious, transcendent God have fellowship with somebody like me and have communion with somebody like me and embrace and count me as his friend. And have fellowship with me. God only wise. How can he do that? Because Christ has made unto me wisdom. And in Christ. I am fit. For fellowship. With the infinite God. The wisdom of Christ. Is my wisdom. You know Paul said we have the mind of Christ. Every believer. God is utterly righteous. He said I'll by no means clear the guilty. Under no circumstance will he ever clear one who is guilty. How can he embrace me then? How? Because he made Jesus Christ to be unto me righteousness. 
so that the very righteousness of Christ, the perfect obedience of Christ, his life when he walked for 33 years here upon earth and kept God's law perfectly, his righteousness is my personal righteousness. Listen to this scripture. For he, remember this is things God does. That's what's so glorious about it. This is things that he does. For he hath made him sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. That's what he's made to every single believer. Let me tell you why I'm not afraid of standing before God in judgment. There's only one reason. I've got the righteousness of God as my personal righteousness that I'm going to stand before God accepted. You see, he took my sin. It became his sin. He bore it in his own body on the tree. He put it away and he gives me his very righteousness. God did this. He's made unto me sanctification. What's sanctification mean? Holiness. Holiness. He's made unto me holiness. I'm polluted, sinful, defiled. He's made unto me holiness. I was chosen to be holy according as he had chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy. I was declared to be holy by his work on the cross. By the which will we are sanctified. We are declared by God to be holy through the, through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. I was given a holy nature in the new birth. A nature that cannot sin. Can holiness sin? No. Can God sin? No. Can that which is birthed of God sin? No. Listen to this scripture. And remember, we're only saying what God's word says. You say you have a holy nature? You say you have a nature that doesn't sin? Can I see it? No. Do I feel it? No, well, that part didn't sin. Um, but listen to this scripture for 1 John chapter 3. Well, as a matter of fact, turn there. I want you to look at it with your own eyes so you'll see. I'm not just making this up. Verse 9. 1 John chapter 3, verse 9. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin. For his seed, the seed of God, remaineth in him, and he cannot sin. He lacks the ability to sin because he's born of God. That which is born of God cannot sin. The new man. The new birth. The new Nature. Born of the Spirit. Fourth, I had nothing to pay. I had no way to pay for my sins. And he's made unto me redemption. He's made unto me a full, complete sin payment. I'm redeemed. And when before 
His throne I stand in Him complete. Jesus died my soul to save. My lips shall still repeat. Jesus paid it all. All the dead I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. <laughs> he did a full, complete, redeeming work. You see, when he said it is finished, all of the elect, everybody he died for, their sins were purged away, made to not be. Now, I want you to think of the power of this. This is God's word. Of him are you in Christ Jesus, who of God, this is something God has done, who of God, Christ Jesus is made unto us. God can do this. He's made unto us wisdom. The very wisdom of Jesus Christ is my wisdom. Righteousness, the very righteousness of Jesus Christ is my righteousness. Sanctification, he is my sanctification. Redemption, he is my complete sin payment. Verse 31, that according as it is written. This is no Johnny come lately. <laughs> this is the way it's always been. This is the way saints were saved in the Old Testament. According as it's written. He that glorieth, he that boasts, let him glory, let him boast in the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, how we thank you. For the gospel of your glorious grace. How we thank you that you've made your blessed son. To be our wisdom. So that you can have fellowship with us. Our righteousness. So that you can embrace us. Our holiness. Our Redemption, our full sin payment. And Lord, allow us by your grace to glory in the Lord. In his name we pray, amen.